Welcome to Face Your Faith with West Kenyon. It is our hope that today's study will encourage you to grow deeply in your relationship with God as we study the Word together. Now let's join West for today's study. Today we are going to look at one of my all-time favorite topics, and that of how do we or can we prove the authenticity and accuracy, along with the existence of one triune creator of all things, God. The God of Scripture, the God of the Bible, the God of the universe. And I hope this message fires a lot of people up, because if it does not, I have not done my job well at all at presenting this case. This message is also primarily directed to those who do not believe in God, but inasmuch directed to those who do believe in God and how to speak to others who don't. While for some of you this is a new topic to be hearing and dealing with, and for others it is an old topic to be dealing with, it is nonetheless the oldest, most discussed hot topic and potentially ever in history. My presenting on this topic is certainly not remotely revolutionary, and what I am going to have to say is not new, not one word of it. So why discuss this age-old topic yet again? And my response to that is, why not? After all, it is always being discussed somewhere around the world every day, 24-7. So why not keep the conversation going? The idea of proving or disproving God is indeed a powerful topic and is even debated in churches and churches split over this topic or even completely dissolved because of this subject. This discussion is on such a grand scale over the existence or non-existence of God that it is the cause for many wars and the slaughtering of millions of people throughout the centuries. But I'm not going to spend time on this just to rehash a topic just because. I am hopefully going to be able to shed some useful perspectives that will hopefully help everyone who is struggling with this question, and hopefully help them to at least consider a personal investigation, one that is completely independent of what others have to say. With that, we are going to look at who God says He is in His resume, the Bible. And here are three examples for us. First is Revelation 1.8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Next, Revelation 22:13, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And Romans 1:20, For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they... We are without excuse. Now, I want to work through this methodically so we are sure to cover all of our bases and to hopefully not leave any or at least not too many questions when we conclude. So I use the term God's resume, which I stated is the Bible or the Holy Scriptures or God's Word. But that may already bring some of you to a grinding halt and you have already concluded that conversation is dead because the Bible isn't accurate and that a bunch of people just wrote it and made stuff up. And if by chance at one time it were accurate, it has been around so long now that it's been changed a million times. And just like the game Telephone, the stories are so twisted, there is no truth left. And here we have a few more examples in response to that. 2 Peter 1, 20-21 states, Knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. 
And John 1.14 states, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So while this is an extremely popular argument, it unfortunately is never backed up with any substantiating evidence by anyone I have ever heard or spoken to or listened to in a debate trying to disprove any of God's Word, His resume, and ever finding it inaccurate. Coinciding with this argument of God and His Word not being accurate is the philosophy that no one can prove God or Jesus and who God and Jesus claim to be. God. God in the flesh. So all the stuff in the Bible is just made up by people who are weak and need something to hold on to. Let's look at Psalm 14.1. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. And 1 Timothy 2.5 says, for there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And of course, there are many other accusations of why God's Word and God and those chosen by God to write the Bible were invalid. So let's address these accusations dished out by the critics of the Bible, God's Word, and God Himself. And I need to segue here for a brief explanation, and that I will not be going into great detail on this, and I will not belabor the answers to this because there is absolutely no reason to. In reality, the answers to all these questions are very concise, very brief, and very, very simple. So then why do we debate for endless hours this topic of proving God and attempting to be philosophical? Funny, God is not a philosopher and doesn't get philosophical with his words. Let's take a look at Colossians 2.8. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirit of this world, and not according to Christ. Matthew 19.14 states, Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. That simple, that straightforward, that clear. So why do we pretend to be great philosophers of God's Word and on behalf of God? Because we want to be right. Both sides want to intellectualize their opinions of God instead of just taking God at His Word. Yes, it's painful to be just like little kids. We want to get so professorial and theological and scientific and all to make ourselves look good and win our argument. Again, regardless of the position we take on this topic, for or against the authenticity of God. And in all of this, ironically, we feebly attempt to put philosophical answers to really simple childlike questions. Even the so-called intellects ask the same simple four-year-old questions and make four-year-old statements about God. You can't prove God. God's not real. The Bible isn't true. Jesus isn't God. God wouldn't do this, that, and the other. If God were real, he wouldn't let bad things happen. God has never done anything for me. God's mean. And this is a very short list of infantile comments and questions the supposed philosophers and intellects present. And so sadly, the all-too-often and supposedly mature Christian philosophical theological response is a long-winded, mind-numbing, grandiose speech as a rebuttal. And that will never help anyone get one step closer to an understanding of the existence of God. Don't forget, a simple question deserves a very simple answer. Think of it this way. If God even remotely got philosophical on us, the philosophers would be dumbfounded and incapable of one word in response, and all the scripture proves this. So you say, but people just wrote the Bible. 
wrote about someone that claims to have made it all and designed it all. And it's a mess, and there are so many contradictions in the Bible, you can't even count them. Answer? People did indeed write the Bible. People chosen by God to take dictation, if you will, on what was happening at various times and places. Don't like that response because I said God chose them and I haven't even proven God's existence, so I'm already sunk? Not so. And that because this historical account of God doing these things has never been disproven. And there's our first simple, straightforward response to a very simple, straightforward question. But certainly, an intelligent, intellectual, theological philosopher would never present such a minimalistic answer. Okay then, let's talk about it a bit more. So was Jesus found guilty? Not even the secular court proceedings held to determine Jesus was a false prophet and not who he claimed to be ever found Jesus guilty. That is just historical, secular, non-religious fact and a fact that has nothing to do with Christianity and promoting that God exists. Again, the man, Jesus, who did miracles and claimed to be God was never found guilty but was put to death regardless. Can you imagine the media headlines if that happened to someone today? Quote, man found not guilty is put to death because the judge and jury didn't like him. How about that for a headline? And just about every one of us would be in shock and would protest and riot and scream and yell injustice and then plan on how to overthrow the government and courts that committed such an atrocity. But indeed, the man Jesus was not found guilty on any of the charges they held against him, not one. Go look it up. Do your research on that. And the research will indicate one of two things. Either he was found guilty or he was not. And that is not about opinion. And since Jesus was not found guilty in a secular court of law by legal government officials who hated Jesus' guts, that would stand to reason that Jesus was vindicated and is indeed God in the flesh and exactly who he claims to be. I know for a fact that is how you would want if you were on trial. Remember, the court cases that were held were not in Christian courts with Christian judges. These people trying Jesus hated him, as I mentioned, and we know they hated him because they had him killed. That doesn't sound like a group of judges and legal counsel and a jury who just followed any interests of God. They didn't even follow their own laws. So as of today, we know Jesus is still not guilty of who he claimed to be and that of being God and the identity of God as man. Can you disprove that? And if you say yes, you will need to come up with evidence that has yet to be discovered and presented in any court in history. Next, I mentioned the Bible, God's Word, is God's resume. And I would fully assume if you handed me your resume and I read it and came back to you and told you, you know, I don't think you have been honest on your resume and what I really think you meant to say on a lot of this was the following. So I decided to redraft your resume and put in it what you really meant. In addition, you contradicted yourself throughout your resume. And that is only because I decided to start reading halfway through your resume, since after all, that is how we read the Bible, by picking and choosing bits and pieces here and there and then drawing a conclusion on the entirety of the Bible. And I know for a fact, if you were sitting in front of me in an interview and I said this and handed back your marked up copy of your resume, you would be outraged. You might even find a good lawyer to sue. Again, hollering injustice, defamation of character, slander, harassment, mental pain and suffering, and who knows what else could be wrapped up into that one. 
But that is exactly what we are doing to God's resume, the Bible, when we decide what God meant to say or not say, meant to do or not do, or whether or not he even exists. Now that gets even more crazy. Can you imagine that after marking up your resume and handing it back to you with my understanding of who you are, my understanding of who you are, after all, I know you better than you know you. I now tell you that it is very likely you don't exist at all and are a complete non-existent fraud and you can't prove one earthly thing about yourself and your existence. You say, yes, but you can see me. I'm right here. You see another very childlike response. Look, I'm sitting right in front of you and me being very present is your proof that I am real and who I say I am. Really? You know who someone is just because they are sitting in front of you? No, you don't. If that were the case, no one would need a background check to make sure they are who they claim to be. Yeah, a body is sitting in front of me, but that's about all that is evident. Do you know how many people falsify who they are? Their real identity? Just because someone tells you their name and addresses and place of birth is no proof of any kind. Even a birth certificate and passport and driver's license are not proof, because all of those can easily be forged. Yes, you say, and West, you keep proving my point. The Bible, God, Jesus are all fraudulent. They aren't real because you just said Jesus, God, can't prove who he says he is if I can't prove to you who I am in front of you. So are we done yet? No, because a background check was done on Jesus and he was found to be exactly who he claimed to be by the court. Again, Jesus was not found guilty of any charge and that leaves him exactly who he claims to be fully God, fully man, until such time he is proven guilty in a court of law and not in the courtroom of your own mind. And if the courts and background checks proved you were indeed who you claimed to be, and you were sentenced to death for being a fraud just because I decided you were one, again, what a stunning media moment. That would rock society. That would be headlines for years. It would make the COVID pandemic look like a paper cut. However, another argument could be, well, I haven't seen God or Jesus, so some invisible person can't be proven just based on some writings in a book by just random people. Unfortunately, that is another not-so-solid argument that wouldn't hold up very well in court either. Consider this, just because you have not been seen doesn't negate the fact that you are real and legitimate. Again, using the application of the resume and interview, many resumes, especially now, are done online and submitted with no physical interaction. And oftentimes, not even a picture accompanies it. And yet our testimony, which is your resume, is considered and considered seriously. And you are believed to be credible and real and alive and exactly who you claim to be, and just by your word. Yes, at some point you are requested to make an appearance to verify your real identity. Good, Jesus did that too. But before you were even called to meet face to face, A person or a number of people put complete faith in your unseen existence. They believed what you had to say. They believed you were accurate in your description. Again, your testimony of your past and present existence. They took you at an unseen face value and believed in you sight unseen. And that to me is remarkable, that we are so quick to put faith and trust and interest and respect in someone we only read about, but we all do it and all the time. Okay, but we ultimately get to see the person and know for sure they are real. Unfortunately, another dismal argument for a court case. Do you know how many people you have never met that you have full faith and confidence in and are or were very real? 
and are exactly who they said they are or were. And there are hundreds of such people in your life like this. Yes, plenty of dead people on your list of those you trust and believe were who they said they were. Moreover, there are plenty of people you have never seen or heard from audibly that you put full faith in and trust and believe exactly what they say. And just where are such people? Those on social media, blogs, emails, magazines, books, and all other sorts of printed media, from politicians to scientists to companies and organizations. How many things do you purchase online and put full faith in and simply buy what you read? You study reviews and companies that review products and take one product over another based on what a completely unknown, unseen person says. You take their word for it, and especially as Americans, we make hundreds, if not thousands of these decisions in full faith and trust and passion every year in just words. More amazing still is when we have done our research on these inanimate objects and place all of our faith and trust in the quote unknown, we then often go and testify to the world and friends and family of our findings. And we brag and tell again and again, and we only do it because we want others to know exactly how great a thing we have found on Amazon and what an amazing deal it was and that everyone should certainly have one. And why do we do that? Because we want to be trusted and believed and appreciated, and we want people to love us and like us and respect us for this find of a lifetime because we want to be trusted. And isn't it true that we spend thousands of hours telling the world through our social media accounts and over text and telling our friends and family and complete strangers what we have and got and are looking at getting and researching? So you see, we do put incredible faith in things all day long, and yet when it comes to God, doing research on God, checking to see how many positive ratings God has, talking to others to make an informed decision, and even though we can't see Him and hear Him audibly, putting trust in Him for who He says He is, just like we trust social media, a description on Amazon, and all of the other things we absorb and take into our lives by simple words. Can I prove God? I don't need to. That is not my job and that is not what God asks of me. And that is not what you expect of anyone or anything else in your life. I highly doubt that a half a percent of you, and I think that's rather high, have ever demanded to meet the designers and the engineers and the plant workers and the truck drivers that designed, produced, and transported your latest purchase. No, you just saw what you desired, put your faith in it based on what others had to say about it, and got it because it was cool, helpful, or just a fad to keep up with someone else. You gave yourself 100% to it and sacrificed for it, and sometimes those sacrifices are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, and a ton of work and time to even get that thing or things. So do you see it? Do you get it? You are already doing exactly what God desires of you in a relationship with Him. You are just doing it for all the wrong gods, the gods of stuff and self. Indeed, you are serving a God, lowercase g, you are putting faith and trust in many things, and you are running around testifying about it to as many people as you can. But these gods, again lowercase g, only take away from you. They drain you. These gods deteriorate and need constant attention, and you can't talk to them either and hear back from them. These gods just simply take up space and oftentimes don't make us one bit happier or more satisfied in any way. Again, I don't need to prove God. I don't need to prove correct what has never been proven incorrect. Don't you, like the American way of justice, innocent until proven guilty? Yes, you do. 
You love it, and you love it even more if you are the one being accused of an offense. And the same goes for Jesus, fully God, fully man. He has not been found guilty as of this date, and I have done my research and checked his ratings, and while I cannot see him and have not audibly heard from him, I am sure he is as real as the sky is blue and the sun is shining somewhere on the planet. How do you know the sky is blue, and how do you know the sun is shining somewhere on the planet? When you can disprove it, send me an email. Could it be that God is so real, and that is why our struggle is so real with Him and taking Him at His word, His resume, the Scriptures? So why don't you do your own research and read about God for yourself? Why don't you go directly to the source and ask questions and form your own opinion without others telling you what they think? This is your research to do and for you to go to the source, God, and ask Him, who he is, and while you can't hear from him audibly, if you are willing and ready to put your faith, full faith and trust in what you will receive, God will show you himself in one way or another, and you will have no doubt it is the one true God who answered you. And if you don't get the answer you like, what have you lost? Nothing, absolutely nothing. You took some time to investigate, didn't find the product useful or good or accurate, and just like the products on Amazon, you decided not to buy it, and you can do the same with God. Let me leave you with this. When was the last time God came and told you you were a fraud and didn't exist? You are correct. Never. Does that finally prove he doesn't exist because he never attacked you like you attack him? No. God just doesn't get petty like we are. But I know for a fact, in the pit of your heart, at one point in your life, you have called out to God. So it is truly simple. Take the faith you put in dozens of things every day and turn that same desire and faith on God and see what you get. In closing, let's look at a few passages from God's Word, His resume, on who He says He is. John 14, 6, Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Hebrews 11.3 By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Hebrews 11.6 And without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Mark 7.8.9 You Leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. And he, Jesus, said to them, You have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your own tradition. Romans 12:2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And finally, Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Can you prove it wrong? Let's pray. Most loving and merciful Father, we thank you for who you are. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords. You stand correct. You stand right and true in all things visible and invisible. Help everyone who is hostile and unsettled in their understanding of you to go and seek you for the truth. Thank you for giving us a chance to know you, to investigate you, and to believe in you, and to ultimately discover freedom in your saving grace through our faith in you when we truly seek you. 
Thank you for your incredible patience with us as we spend so much time living for this world and not for you. Guide us and keep us close to you and keep us from stumbling as we journey through this barren land that we may seek you daily in all things. Heavenly Father, we ask now that for anyone who does not know you, who is in full combat with you, will stop and humbly ask for you to reveal yourself to them, that they too may know your amazing grace and love for them and the promise of life eternal in you. We also ask that for those who have put their faith and trust in you and know you, that they would be prepared to give the answer of hope that is in them to the world who asks the simple questions of your existence. And now we ask this in the name of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who was and is and is to be.